Welcome to WFUV's What's What? It's Friday, August 19th. What's What? is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Here's What's What? in the Tri-State. If you haven't checked your lottery tickets recently, you better do that soon. Yeah, Taylor, someone could be a millionaire right now and not even know it. So there's two unclaimed tickets floating around NYC. One Cash for Life ticket is worth $1,000 a day for life, which adds up to $7 million bucks. And the other's a mega ticket with a $1 million prize. The Cash for Life ticket expires on September 9th, and the mega does on September 28th. So if you have an old ticket lying around somewhere, make sure to check out the numbers online as soon as possible. Hey, you never know. You could wake up a millionaire. Also, the NYC Health Department just released new data about monkeypox vaccines. So, Taylor, the data shows that there's some inequities when it comes to vaccine access. The black community has by far the biggest disparity, having only received 12 percent of the doses. Even though some people are eligible to get the vaccine, not everyone is able to access it. But Christina, the city's trying to combat these inequities. One way they're doing that is by adding more mobile vaccine sites. And NYC is giving $5 million to over 20 community-based organizations across the five boroughs. They're working on expanding their outreach, whether it's online or in person. The Jersey Shore may be dealing with the paranormal right now. The old Elizabeth Edwards School in Barnegat Township is being demolished. It's been vacant for years and can't be repaired. The 1930s-era schoolhouse has been known for increasing paranormal activity over the years. Mysterious photos taken by paranormal researchers seem to confirm this. The school district says they don't want to kick the spirits out of their home. They're considering building a park with an amphitheater in its place. I don't know if that's a park I'd necessarily stop by, but if it makes the ghosts happy... I'm happy. Today's the 25th anniversary of the NYC Black Pride Heritage Awards. It's happening tonight at the Schomburg Center. The event will honor people from past and present who make contributions to the community. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is also attending. The celebration of Black Pride continues tomorrow with an expo at Times Center. There will be events like Mr. and Miss Black Pride International Pageant and the NYC Trans Bodybuilding Competition. And Taylor, it's the largest event of the weekend. There's no cost for admission, so feel free to stop by. And in music news, nonprofit organization Creative Muse just announced plans to spread music all throughout the Lower East Side. They received a $1.7 million grant from Creatives Rebuild New York. They'll use this to set up artist residencies. This will provide vulnerable communities with a place to express themselves. Also, Creative Muse will offer access to theaters, beat-making equipment, and digital tablets. Mexican culture is vast and wide. Their history has consisted of numerous individual groups, each with their own practices and traditions stretching back centuries. One New York festival is celebrating the diversity of Mexico, while also commemorating its unity. WFUV's Madison Colombo has more. Dancers dressed in head-to-toe traditional Oaxacan garb prepared to represent their culture on the last Sunday in July. Banners filled the air while vibrant skirts populated the ground of Socrates Sculpture Park in Queens. They're celebrating a Mexican holiday not quite as known in the United States, La Festival de Guelaguetza. It's not just, you know, Cinco de Mayo or the traditional things that you see on TV. There's so much different culture in Mexico. That's Sydney Almeida, a dancer from Ballet Folklorico de Nueva York, 
a group that's been spreading Mexican culture for almost 40 years. This is their 10th year putting on the annual Guelaguetza Festival, a celebration meant to highlight the diversity of Mexico and now New York City. The main feature of the festival, its traditional eight indigenous dances. Almeida has been performing these movements since she's young, and I asked her which of the eight she knows. Oh, all of them. <laughs> I've been with the group, I think, 12 years now, and we've been doing the Guelaguetza 10 years now. I've learned all of them. It's like I can do them in my sleep. It's amazing. And so, yeah, I this year I, I will probably be doing like seven out of the eight of them. <laughs> Originating in the 1930s, the festival began as a way for the distinct regions of Oaxaca, Mexico to come together. These eight regions perform their unique cultural dances and offer goods, and the festival still happens in Mexico every year. It was this joining of cultures which led ballet folklorico to feel the festival was a perfect fit for New York City. As Mexico is part of the mosaic, these, this beautiful, culturally diverse mosaic that is New York City. That's Aldo Cano, a veteran dancer of the festival and a seasoned member of BFMNY. One of the objectives of Ballet Folklorico is actually to promote Mexican culture, show this artistic, cultural side of Mexican immigrants, and share it with all our fellow New Yorkers so that we can all enrich our experience living here in New York and have this, this bond of uh, diversity. And we do have so many people from different backgrounds come to this festival, and it's just a love fest, I have to tell you. He says they adore sharing Mexican culture with people of other backgrounds, but that sharing it with young Mexican-Americans is equally important. Mexican families love to share their heritage with their children who may not have, uh, you know, that are now raised here in the United States. So they share their heritage with their children. They pass along, you know, different cultural experiences. And it brings great pride for families and children to, to, to identify, to, to be represented in, in these uh, great events. Sydney Almeida says Mexican arts festivals also help to break down stereotypes recently plaguing their community. They keep the tradition alive of our roots and they show something different than the stereotype. They show something different than what people might believe a culture to be. And they show the diversity of minorities. Festivals like this juxtapose the, a stereotype that, that, is, that is created. So I think that's also an element of, as to why they're important. In a political climate riddled with fighting and turmoil, festivals celebrating diversity and fellowship could be just what we need. You can learn more about the festival and Ballet Folklorico at our website, WFUVnews.org. That was WFUV's Madison Colombo talking about BFMNY's Guela Guetza Festival. Now let's talk sports with WFUV's Mike Calamari. So to my dismay, the Yankees' struggles continued last night after losing to yet another division rival. Mike, why is this happening? Well, it just seems like it's a mix of everything. When the pitching is on, the hitting is not. And when the hitting is on or producing runs, the pitching is really struggling. You just said it after losing the series opener to the Blue Jays Thursday night 9-2. They have now lost 12 out of their last 15 games. One of the problems with the Yankees so far is Frankie Montas, someone they acquired at the trade deadline, continues his early struggles in three games pitched, 14 innings and 14 runs allowed. So it's kind of the clock kind of counting for this Yankee team to try to get back on track as we approach last month of baseball in September. 
And Mike, I heard it was Jacob deGrom's fourth game pitching with the Mets this season. Was he able to get his third win? Well, he was not. The Mets did not get the result they wanted on what is so-called the deGrom day of the week, dropping their fourth and final game against the Braves, 3-2. to two. Mets ace Jacob deGrom, 6-2, and two thirds innings, nine strikeouts, but he allowed three runs. And that was the difference because the Mets, they struggled at the plate. Max Fried pitched seven innings, allowing four hits and only two runs. So after dropping three of four games against the division, rival. The Amazons hold just a three and a half game lead in the division. So the Mets battling for that division title to try to give them advantage as they head into the postseason. But it was a pretty memorable game for the Pirates, right? Yeah, so they made some history last night, hitting their 3,000th homer at their home field PNC Park on a Brian Reynolds shot that went to right field. And to make things even more interesting, the homer came on the birthday of Pirates legend Roberto Clemente, who would have turned 88. Clemente finished his career with exactly 3,000 hits, and to top it all off, Reynolds' homer soared over the Clemente wall in right field. Oh, that is crazy. I've, I've also been following the Liberty during their playoff run. Any update on how they're doing? So the Liberty had a huge upset victory in Game 1 over the Chicago Sky Wednesday night, winning 98-91, to and they now will play Game 2 of a three-game series with a chance to advance into the second round of the playoffs for the first time since 2017, so that should be really excited at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, so WNBA fans will be tuned into that one. And Mike, before you go, any word on when Zach Wilson's coming back? So it's looking like the second-year quarterback has returned to training camp already after receiving his surgery to treat a torn MCL on Tuesday, so he's ready to come back. I know there's some questions whether or not he'll be able to start Week 1. Joe Flacco will be lined up to play his former team, the Baltimore Ravens, if Wilson's not set to go, but it seems like he is a almost lock to play at least in Week 2. Thanks, Mike. So that's our show for today. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Christina Lulich. Check back with us on Monday at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.